Hello, I am Carter Thomas. I'm the founder of Blue Cloud Solutions, and you are listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's uh, Paul Kemp. And as you know, by now, I uh, go around the world and, and visit lots of different locations looking for great entrepreneurs. Now, in the last episode, we uh, touched on the trends going on in some of the wonderful tech communities around the world. One of those uh, is a, a place, uh, a tech entrepreneurial community that is really growing in Israel. And I've had many episodes in the past uh, talking about Israel. You can go and listen to those in my past episodes. But today, I wanted to uh, visit uh, an entrepreneur in the fintech space uh, who is based in Israel and who is doing a lot of very groundbreaking work. She is a serial fintech entrepreneur. Her name is Alicia Roseman, and she is based in Israel. And in fact, she has uh, developed some technology that only the banks now are catching up with, but she's been at early in the game, six years at least, doing this uh, payment system. We're going to find out more about her, her journey, and what we can learn in the fintech space. So let me welcome Alicia. Welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hi, thank you for having me here. Well, thank you for coming on. And uh, let's go straight into fintech then. Let, let's learn about you. Um, what is the fintech space in your mind? What do you, uh, when you, people say fintech, what does that mean? Well, actually fintech is a very broad space today. It started as the technology to support banks and payment systems, but today fintech also applies to most of our life experiences, like when we need to manage our finance and when we need to pay each other or when we just need to have a better access to our insurance and pension funds. And actually, as you know, money is all around us and fintech is trying to make it more secure, easy to access and the cost-efficient for all. What's really exciting to me is that um, there was a long period where the only technology was from the big financial institutions. They had the money to invest in their systems. But is it right to say now that there's lots of smaller startups who are uh, making groundbreaking uh, technology uh, revolutions and, and coming into the space and offering great services without those huge financial uh, investments required you know from the, in, the the large financial institutions yes that's amazing how technology had changed it for all uh, you know that today our phones have more technology than the first uh, flight to the moon uh, so today we have more access to speed uh, for low cost uh, computing that can bring us amazing uh, solutions and the internet, of course, the internet have changed it also, also with fast communications and access to data that didn't exist before. You needed to put very expensive systems in order to communicate between just a branch and a bank. Today, you can have a fast access all around the world over the blockchain for any instant transaction. So a technology have made possible for startups to not only uh, improve, the financial institutions capabilities and systems but also to disrupt part of them of course yeah let's talk about that disruption because you're doing some disrupting yourself 
let's understand what you're actually uh, doing. I know that reading your biography, you were uh, doing some really interesting things with payments uh, from account to account instantly. So maybe you could uh, describe a little bit more about the current project you're working on in the fintech space. Yes, in uh, 2007, actually, I created and uh, started a startup with my co-founder, Eldada Aroni. Uh, we really believed that the payment system was broke for financial institutions. And we saw that when you wanted to use your bank account for payments, you needed to go through third-party access like uh, credit cards or uh, at the moment PayPal. And you couldn't use your actual account for anything in real time. Um, so we embarked in a, in a journey to make sure that uh, there is instant access to bank accounts and transactions between bank accounts in real time. So it will lower the cost and make uh, all these uh, payments uh, much more efficient. Uh, and by 2011, we were already up and running in the U.S. with a few banks with real-time account-to-account payment. Uh, we did a really a long journey to get there. It was uh, hard to, to get banks to on board with us in that journey. They are very, as you know, uh, uh, risk-adverse. They don't like very much to try technologies uh, early. Uh, but we, we managed to do it, and uh, already there, uh, then you had the real-time account-to-account payments. But uh, that journey actually brings us to, at the end of the day, to Africa, where uh, the largest bank in Nigeria and in another day, 19 countries, uh, is using that technology, that same technology we developed, uh, for omnichannel payments. So people can pay not only between bank, uh, between bank accounts over the mobile phones, they can do it on any social environments and uh, even the cardless ATMs. So they are uh, creating the uh, omnichannel experience over our platform that we dreamed back then to for the US uh, and uh, couldn't uh, make it there because of the way banks uh, perceive uh, uh, this kind of uh, disruptive innovations and we're afraid that it will take from them some uh, power. In, in Africa, it looks a little different. <laughs> that, that, that's uh, we love learning about journeys and your journey. You are a female founder and in the tech space and the fintech space, which is uh, you know wonderful to uh, le- learn about your journey. Uh, uh, what were you doing before two thousand and seven when you started the company? Were you, were you working in a corporate environment or still working in the tech tech entrepreneurial space? I go a little further even in my story just to say that uh, I am originally from Argentina and, okay. <laughs> and at uh, 16 years old, I uh, moved to Israel alone. Uh, wow. Yeah, I wanted to try a new adventure and finish my high school in another country and was still a lot, have a lot of ideas, you know, uh, romantic ideas of uh, changing the world and doing new things even then. Um, so my journey started then by facing that, uh, you know, you need to, you have some roller coaster in life and uh, things don't go as uh, romantic as a teenager may dream. Uh, so I tried many times to do things for my own to, uh, you know, establish new companies, have a new project. I developed the games 
uh, board games, not the applications, uh, and try to sell them. I, I did a lot of things over time until uh, 2001, I entered the electronic payments uh, world and discovered the world full of opportunities, a lot to do, a lot of things that have not been done yet, emerging uh, technologies and emerging markets and industries and found my my true love and uh, st stayed there since then. Uh, and 2007, and as I mentioned, I, I also founded my first fintech company. Although I had a few companies before, fintech company, I, I really founded it in 2007. And now uh, I am in another startup called the Amarillis uh, that is changing also the world of payments for uh, what it's called today multi-sided payment that is uh, normally known as marketplaces and, and, uh, and platforms on demand or uh, sharing economy. I'm so inspired by your journey. Uh, let me just summarize then what I've um, like gained from you, which is that you, at the very young age of 16, and we have many of the apps to think who are also uh, at that age where you really do believe you can change the world. And it's wonderful because you have that naivety of uh, youth uh, and uh, dreams and stuff. And we always love dreams. And at that 16, you went to a foreign country to... Uh, then start learning the the world of startups and tech, and uh, I'm sure that uh, did 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 you decide then to opt to um, uh, go to university, or did you prefer to learn the the trade through just starting your own thing and uh, and learning um, independently? Uh, I actually did both. I learned a lot independently and also tried to go to a regular path of university. At the beginning, I was a dropout. A dropout. Uh, I studied... Uh, oh, we love dropouts. <laughs> yeah, we all do. Uh, I learned the partial uh, uh, first degree in the computer science. Uh, and uh, then later on in the time after I did already a few things and learned on my own, others I completed that the uh, certificate and uh, did a second degree on the entrepreneurial innovation. Uh, it's much more, uh, of course, relevant for uh, entrepreneurship and uh, what I am doing today. Uh, so I did a mix of both, uh, learning along the way and not waiting for a formal. Uh, studies to start anything. Uh, I always was aware in I always was impatient. I, I need things to, to be done on the way. I cannot wait a few years until I start something. So I, I did both, uh, as I mentioned. You're so inspirational because uh, here you are from Argentina going to a foreign country and just uh, I'm, I'm honestly blown away by like the fact that if, if, if you can do it in those circumstances, then a lot of people sitting on the fence listening to this can make their own transition. And would you recommend to anyone who, say, is thinking about going into higher education, getting themselves into lots of debt? We know that U.S. universities are extremely expensive. In fact, most of university education now is expensive. Would you recommend... Um, you know, going down, getting into debt and finding a formal education? Or, or would you recommend going into the world of startups and learning whilst actually doing something? I think that the world of startups need both. 
the world of startups need the ones that are uh, meant to, to research and uh, study things very, very deeply. If it's a data scientist, if it's a, in physics, a nanotechnologies, etc. So we need the scientists. We need the ones that they can afford and they are able to uh, learn for many years the very, very uh, complex issues and topics. And we need the ones that I just jump and do and want to explore and innovate and change things and don't have the time in their minds in the way they are to uh, study for a few years before they just uh, do something. So I think that the world of startups actually grow because we have the mix of these uh, two types of personalities and interests. And what's interesting then is if we move forward in your journey along this timeline, so you reach 2007, you've already done you know, several years uh, in uh, startups and doing your own thing. It, uh, how difficult was it then when you had this idea about um, changing the world of payments? H- how challenging was it to uh, get funding, get the thing off the ground, uh, meet your um, you know, team of co-founders? Talk, talk us through the challenges you had in 2007 actually getting it started. Uh, the first thing for me was to find my co-founder, the person that can go with me through this journey and has the abilities that uh, complement me. Uh, and that's what way I did. I I, I met uh, with Elda Roni and we understood immediately we not only have an, a mutual interest, but we have also the capabilities to to make it through uh, together. Uh, and we worked together for uh, many years, uh, bringing this system to life, and uh, today also to to multiple uh, countries uh, around the uh, Africa, and. Uh, the the when once you have the team once you have the person or the people that can go with you through this journey only then you can face the the complexities of bringing this startup to life that include the funding but not only funding is only part of it uh, if you have all the other pieces in place you will be able to convince and bring the funding as well but it doesn't begin with the funding the funding is is always hard it's a it's a full time job sometimes. But it, uh, it's really available and, and possible if you have put in place the rest of the pieces you need to bring a successful uh, startup uh, to life. Yes, and I love the fact that you mentioned uh, the importance of a co-founder and sharing the journey with a co-founder. Uh, one of the big themes over many of the 500 plus episodes of this uh, podcast is uh, the importance of networking and meeting people through your network. So, so you start the, the company then, uh, t- talk us through maybe uh, the things that you believed in 2007 where others did not agree with you, because uh, you must have then uh, really been fighting against uh, the status quo. Yeah, I actually have a few of those uh, samples from there. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things we believed is that Putting your credit card numbers on a website to pay was completely illogical in our in 2007. Uh, that the, the internet have bring already all the necessary tools in order to communicate between you and your fans, wherever they are, without putting an external plastic card number 
in order to point to your bank account or to other type of uh, funding. Uh, it was for us really something we couldn't understand why you are still using it and why you are still putting that number of something that was created for physical payments on the point of sale. Uh, and people didn't believe in it. Uh, most people were look at us and say, hey, but it's, it's a credit card. Everyone has it. And there is no reason not to pay through a credit card. Why you are trying to make payments from the bank account directly in real time? Well, what's the point on it? It's just uh, put your credit card and, that, and it works. Uh, it took many years until uh, really financial institutions and in the industry uh, in itself understood that uh, that was a third-party network, uh, that it's one of many. And there are other options that people may prefer better, that they, where they can access their, fund, their funds, their actual funds, not credit, the real funds they have available in real time. They can really use these. And this, the merchants, the ones that are selling, can pay le- lower fees and have the ability to get the funding from the customer also in real time in their bank account. So there, it took time to the industry to, to accept that approach also as valid and to allow those kind of solutions and systems to, to be part of the, of the methods that the customers can use. That's one of the things so, we're facing. Yeah, I was I was going to say that there's I'm sure that a lot of the apps to tribe listening to this are thinking about fintech um, pro, uh, opportunities themselves, and uh, I wondered if you could share with us the challenges that you may have had, uh, like to grow uh, in the fintech space. Uh, like uh, just immediately, I'm thinking of the challenge of trust. And getting consumers, users, and other institutions to trust the transaction, but also there must have been other challenges as well. So talk us through some of those challenges and how you overcame them. Yeah, there are many challenges uh, that start from, as you said, the trust is one of the main of them, and the trust is not only from the consumer side. When you are bringing a new banking system, for example, in our case. The financial institutions needed to trust it and how they can trust something that no other trans- financial institutions have been even tried. So uh, bringing to life a system that affects banking accounts without trying it with an actual financial institution, it's a chicken and egg situation. And you need to find the one, the visionary one, the one, the one institution that have more interest in innovation and understands that maybe they are the underdog or maybe they are the ones that want to, to change things in their industry, that are able to think differently and bring you the opportunity to try your system and show that uh, it really trustworthy and uh, you can uh, then uh, put the stamp on it for other financial institutions. But not all startups go through the path of financial institutions. When you are bringing a system directly to consumers, you need to build trust for the consumer to use it as well to the, for the merchants, for example. So building trust is really one of the main issues for any startup that is touching funds, touching uh, uh, financial instruments and the uh, consumers or financial institutions need to use it. And the, really the key to it is to find what makes a system like the one that that startup is developing trustworthy. What will make it really look as something people can trust if they do it before they launch it or if they do it before they they approach the financial institution with their offering. 
It can be a partnership with one of the, uh, for example, top five accounting firms. It can be some kind of auditing. It can be other type of uh, branding that uh, they can acquire through channels. It's very important to build the trust around your solution before you approach your market. Yeah, and I can imagine uh, regulation is quite challenging as well to overcome a lot of the regulation in finance, which is more burdensome than you know other uh, niches and markets. Yeah, regulation has two sides. One is a part of what we talked before, the trust, that uh, if you can work with the regulation, you will be also part a uh, gain from it. The trust you can build for your product. On the other side, sometimes regulation is a barrier and you need to work around in order to bring your product through some institution that has already been regulated or has already the, all the all the audits uh, in place. So you don't need to do it for your own product and you can offer it as an OEM or white label. The issue with regulation is that uh, in our space, regulation is very important because uh, otherwise no system and no solution will have trust from anybody. But on the other side, if it's not made right, the regulation goes through uh, for example, a pass of uh, trying to support the legacy institutions to not let new systems come uh, to the industry, then the regulation becomes a barrier instead, instead of instrument that can help the startups. So, so Alicia, I want to just talk about two more things in the few minutes that we have left together. Uh, one is the trends in fintech, and it's a very exciting space. What excites you most in fintech right now? Right now, what excites me most is really the sharing economy. Uh, we are seeing how platforms are uh, disrupting large industries by connecting directly different constituents, like, for example, in the insurance uh, industry, you can see how Lemonade is uh, doing it and bringing directly the ones that want the insurance with the funds and they don't need so many intermediaries. Uh, you see the same in the car, in the, tra the transportation industry with companies like a taxi and Uber. Uh, you see the same happening with the lodging industry, with the Airbnb and others, but it's in every industry. There is no industry today that you can mention that there are not companies trying to bring these platforms that will connect directly every side of it. So it's much more direct, streamlined, cost-efficient, and they, of course, it works better for all the parties. But those platforms are complex. They require a lot of attention in all the details in order to bring a good a solution for everybody and on all the sides on it. It's a multi-sided platform, of course. Uh, and that's the industry that I am uh, today uh, focused uh, in bringing the efficiencies to it uh, with Amarillis. And uh, that's a very, very exciting industry with a lot for a lot with a lot of potential for a lot of startups around the world. Yeah, and uh, we've had a few chats in the past uh, about blockchain technology, I remember the um, managing director of uh, TechStars, uh, the accelerator, talking about blockchain uh, many years ago. And I wish I'd looked into it a bit more then. But uh, <laughs> uh, blockchain is uh, 
so disruptive in that, as far as I understand, it's taking the ledger system and the trust that you get from an institution and enabling that level of trust, but on a distributed uh, worldwide you know, platform. And uh, what, what, what's um, blockchain mean to you in terms of, uh, do, you, do you see it as revolutionary as, as I do? Yes, the blockchain is revolutionary as a platform, not necessarily the coins that are running over it. It's uh, less uh, important in my mind. Uh, it's mar- much more important what the platform itself can bring in terms of uh, efficiencies uh, in connecting everything. For example, when you're talking about healthcare records, you can connect the healthcare records with the patients and doctors in a secure manner, and only the person that are relevant and, and the could see that information, will see it uh, without any uh, central system of servers having all that information the, for one institution only. So there is a lot of uh, to do with the black blockchain technology as a platform. Banks are already deploying it for uh, overcoming the intermediary banks they need currently to make a transfer with, between one bank in Asia to one bank in the U.S. Uh, currently, they go through other uh, banks in the middle in, uh, until the money gets to the final destination. And with blockchain, they are already trying to disrupt that and make that transaction between banks direct and secure. So the blockchain uh, platform have a lot of uh, potential for a lot of industries. It needs to be applied, of course, uh, for the specific mo- uh, model they are trying to to bring uh, efficiencies. Uh, and we are already try, uh, enjoying from it. Uh, it still is evolving in terms of trust. I think that institutions actually are becoming part of it instead of being completely disrupted. So at the end, everybody will uh, will uh, really enjoy from it, including the institutions themselves. Yeah, and, and I want to appeal for the listeners, if you're interested in blockchain, uh, definitely go and uh, have a search for some of those past episodes. Just type in uh, Techstars into the app guy and you'll hear that that chat we had, which is still relevant today, but uh, very exciting stuff. So the final thing, and, and I noticed that you are a mentor uh, and I wanted to ask you the importance of getting a mentor as you're like starting or even, you know, even if you're experienced in this whole space, how important is uh, having a mentor to, to guide you through the uh, decisions that you have to take? A mentor is very important and I have my own mentors and everybody is actually being mentored at some point or another by someone else. Uh, I think that the more we are open to be mentored and mentor, uh, we are also evolving as a person and as a professional uh, and learn much more about uh, how we can do things better uh, in our uh, industry, in our startup and also for our future plans. Uh, and I also encourage others that have experience, that have, have done things, to mentor others. It, bring the, it brings value to yourself. It's not only that you are bringing value to others and helping them through their journey. It really gives you back. It's, you gain a lot from it. So mentor as much as you can. This has been such an inspiring chat. Sadly, it's come to uh, an end. We have to uh, finish. But... In, in the meantime, Alicia, do you, um, how is the best way of contacting you? What's the, what's the best way of reaching out and getting in touch? Uh, of course, I have a LinkedIn uh, profile and I accept gladly invitations uh, when a person has a true profile, of course. Uh, 
So if you have a LinkedIn profile, just uh, connect to me. I am very open person. I connect to anyone that wants to invite me. And of course, you can write me there a message and I will respond. I like to, to be in contact with people and help and be helped, of course, when it's possible. And hopefully we've inspired some 16-year-olds who are thinking about what to do with their life. Go ahead and change the world. That's what I would say. <laughs> uh, Alicia, there'll be a link. There'll be a link to your LinkedIn profile uh, at uh, theappguy.co. Theappguy.co. Just search for episode 529 and uh, you'll see a link to Alicia and also um, the uh, uh, other kind of ways of um, reaching out. So, Alicia, thank you very much for coming on the App Guy podcast and, uh, and sharing your journey and inspiring us so much with uh, what you've been able to achieve from that young age. Uh, and thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was a real pleasure.